Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you made it to church. You picked a great Sunday to come to church because it is Freedom Sunday. And I am so beyond honored and privileged to be able to bring you the Word of God this morning. I want to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne because they're the most incredible lead pastors. I want to honor Pastor Katie and Samuel Duth for being the most amazing friends and pastors. I want to honor my husband, He's the real MVP. He got our three little kids to church. I have a seven-year-old, five-year-old, very feisty one-year-old. And he got them all to church. He's leading the charge down at Eastlake. But he gives his love because we love Bressy Campus. We love it so much. This is where so much of our story started. And I shared this with the 9 a.m., but walking into this sanctuary is like walking down memory lane because we were planted at Bressy Campus before we got asked to go help start Eastlake Campus, which now we pastor as campus pastors there. And walking into this room, oh my goodness, like literally right here on the altar about 9, 10, 11 years ago, it's a blur when you have little kids. You just see things in like periods of three years. <laughs> But I, I got set free from a spirit of fear and anxiety that was a generational curse where I couldn't even pray out loud. I couldn't even make it through ministry nights without being riddled with anxiety. And I got set free right there from Pastor Jurgen. And then over here-ish was the first time that I got prophesied that we would be homeowners in San Diego. And it was crazy at the time, because at the time we were making $500 a month living in graduate student housing for my husband to get his master's and PhD at UCSD. And we had generational poverty mentality. Mike especially, but me as well, honestly. It's fun when your husband's not there because you can just say anything and he has, he has no way to defend himself. I'm gonna be right the whole day. It's awesome. But it was right here that we got set free. And even though it was so hard for me to believe it, I'm like, oh my gosh, could it be true? Could we really stay in San Diego? Could we really stay here? We had moved from Texas. I'm like, babe, let's try to believe. Let's try this out. Let's test some things. Years later, we build a home in Eastlake, taking territory, not realizing that the next year, Pastor and Leanne would ask us to be campus pastors over that territory, not realizing that when God asked us to sell our home because we needed a faith project, I thought it was just for a bigger home, not an entire campus. But we moved to Coronado, all hell breaks loose because I don't realize that wherever you go, the authority that you've yielded in Christ comes along with you. And we're gonna talk about that today, but some of you guys are facing battles wanting to shake your fist at God when God's like, hello, I sent you there because of what you've won in your past. Armor up, let's go, baby. 
was right up there, kind of where this couple sitting, hello. You look very cozy in your sweaters. It was right there that we were at our first Empower Conference and my husband goes, Katie, get your purse, we're leaving. I'm like, we are not leaving. I love this church. He's like, it's too much. Too much Holy Spirit, too much. Whoa, this is a lot of intro, like my husband's an introvert. And I'm like, please no, I just made friends. I need to have more than a husband, okay? Husbands are great best friends, they're horrible girlfriends. All right, just saying. That's gonna help some husbands and some wives out. So he was dead set. He, he was probably like, he was wearing a logo on his shirt and he kept doing this so the preacher wouldn't prophesy over him. I'm like, you think the Holy Spirit can't call you out even if you're not wearing a logo? What are you doing? And so he walked out, he was walking out, bye church, not coming back here, I'm going back to my comfortable Calvary Chapel church. And no, nothing against Calvary Chapel. That was just the other church we were visiting. And yes, it was very comfortable for us. This was not comfortable. And he was met at the doors by Mark Cullen. Many of you guys know him. And he would not let him leave. And he talked theology and he talked Holy Spirit for 45 minutes, bless the man. And we stayed. And I'm so thankful to God that he put people in our path when we were throwing our hissy fits. You're not going anywhere. God has a call in your life. What are you doing? Sit down, start taking some notes. I'm gonna get some people to pray for you. Don't worry about it. Also power of a praying wife, hello. Mike Yeager did not stand a chance with me. All right, let's get into the word. All that to say, I love Bressy Campus, and I love, I love, love, love what God's doing here, and the best days for Bressy are starting in 2024. Can I get an amen? Amen. So it's Freedom Sunday, and the title of my message is More Than Conquerors. More Than Conquerors. God gave me this word for this campus because he doesn't want to just have you comfortable enjoying freedom. He has purpose for you. He has more for you. He has more than just not feeling fear. He has more than just not needing a glass of wine every night. He has more than not just filling up your calendar with play dates and school meetings or church meetings even. Hello. God has more for you because you are more than conquerors. Amen. So whether or not you realize it, we are living in a kingdom. And it's hard for us Americans to realize this because in America, we operate in a democracy. But there are two realms. There's the natural realm where, yes, we are Americans living in San Diego, enjoying fighting for our democracy. Can I get an amen? But there's another realm that's just as real as the natural. It's the spiritual realm. And so point number one is this, kingdoms at war. Kingdoms at war. I want to read the scripture, Colossians 1, 12 through 14. It says this, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. Someone say qualified. qualified. 
qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us. Someone say transferred. I used to be a middle school teacher in Texas, so you're welcome. No one's falling asleep. You guys are engaging in everything that I say, taking notes, leaning in. I have all the tricks. He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that word transferred really stuck out because whether or not you realize it, there's only two options. All right, when you are born, you have two options. There's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There's no middle ground. There's no Switzerland, all right? When I was in elementary school, a very popular game that I very much enjoyed playing was tag. Tag is one of those games that no matter what generation you're from, you play tag, right, as a kid. And so at my school, we had this huge tree in the very middle of the playground, and so it was deemed base. And every recess, we would go out and we'd play tag, and it was the perfect place if you're getting tired or if you wanted to chat a little bit, you just ran the tree. As long as you're touching that tree, it's base. I have become base for my kids' tag in my house. I do not like that. It's very painful, okay? Well, seven-year-olds and five-year-olds, like, constantly just hurling into me. But there's no base in the spiritual. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. And when you choose salvation, it says in this scripture, he delivers us from the kingdom of darkness. And then now you find yourself in the kingdom of light. You do not have a choice in this reality. got real quiet, which I love because it means you're thinking. I love you enough to say this. You do not actually have a choice in how this reality exists. You live within it, but you don't decide how it works. All right? There is a kingdom real reality in how everything operates in the supernatural. So this is your choice. You can roll over and come under once you once you get pulled out through salvation out of the kingdom of darkness, you can still be in the kingdom of light, but be flirting with enemy lines. You can be saved, but choose to come under what God, God has given you the authority to rule over. So you have a choice when battles come, when situations come up with your relationships, when you are are faced with decisions on how to prioritize your life, how to prioritize your marriage, the friendships that you keep, the friendships that you deepen, how you act at work, all of these things. You don't realize it, but you are making choices on how you're going to operate in the supernatural. And I hear all the time, well, if I don't bother the devil, then he's not going to bother me. I'm a good person, I'm good. You can be Spiro with all that Spiro stuff. Like, I'm good, just rolling into church, get my latte, drop my kids off, get some encouragement, and then going back to living exactly how I lived Monday through Saturday. But the reality is much different in the supernatural. The reality is that those decisions affect how your life will be and where it is headed because there is only two kingdoms and they are at war constantly with one another. 
It says in 1 Peter that you have an adversary who walks around like a roaring lion, seeking or scheming or planning how he can devour your life. You are called to resist and to make a stand. And what I love about the devil is he's very black. Well, not white. He's just black. But it's actually very easy to identify when you are being attacked because all he wants to do is steal, kill, or destroy. Those are the three categories. And when you were born, it says that you were born bearing the image of God. So even if you never choose God, wherever you go, the enemy sees the blood of Jesus. The enemy sees the image of God, and he hates God. He wants to kill it. He wants to destroy it. He wants to steal from it. And so this is why we see a broken world of people that are constantly getting attacked, falling into addiction, getting stolen, robbed from their joy because they are image bearers of Christ. And there will always be an adversary out for your life and for your portion. But I have good news for you this morning, church. Are we in the afternoon yet? I don't even know. Afternoon. I have good news is because we actually have an opportunity to understand our identity, to understand that freedom is already our portion, that God did it when he sent Jesus to the cross and was nailed so that we can walk in the full victory of Jesus wherever we go, whatever situation we face, whatever battle is presented to us. But here's the problem is that the enemy is a liar, and we don't actually realize who we are. We don't realize what we carry. We don't realize the image that we portray in the supernatural. And um, I just got back from Cabo. I'm normally not this tan. <laughs> I've been in Cabo for a week. It was wonderful. I celebrated my 13th wedding anniversary with my husband. It was so wonderful. And we got to dream together and goal set and sleep. Wow, that was awesome. Sleeping for seven hours straight. Wow. I know. Luxury. We are crazy. Um, but God started speaking to me about this message, and he reminded me of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Have you guys seen that movie? So I read the books as a kid, but I am really bad at staying awake through movies, especially longer ones or fantasy ones. I'm just like... Okay, you give me a couch, I'm going for a nap. I have to take a nap to watch movies, you guys. It's bad. But um, God highlighted the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is just symbolic of entering into kingdom. And I want to actually show you a clip, um, and then I'll explain it. So go ahead and roll the clip. Isn't there anything we can do to help Tumnus? They're taking him to the witch's house. And you know what they say, there's few that go through them gates come out again. Fish and chips. <laughs> but there is hope, dear. Lots of hope. Oh, yeah, there's a right bit more than hope. Aslam is on the move. Who's Aslan? <laughs> Who's Aslan? <laughs> you cheeky little blighter. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't know, do you? Well, we haven't exactly been here very long. Well, he's only the king of the whole wood. The top geezer. The real king of Narnia. 
He's been away for a long while. But he's just got back. And he's waiting for you near the stone table. He's waiting for us. You're blooming joking. They don't even know about the prophecy. Well, then... Look. Aslan's return. Thomas' arrest. The secret police. It's all happening because of you. You're blaming us? No, not blaming. Thanking you. There's a prophecy. When Adam's flesh and Adam's bone sits at Care Perivel in throne, the evil time will be over and done. You know, that doesn't really rhyme. Yeah, I know it don't, but you're kind of missing the point. It has long been foretold that two sons of Adam and two daughters of Eve will defeat the White Witch and restore peace to Narnia. And do you think we're the ones? Well, you better be, cos Aslan's already fitted out your army. Our army? Mum sent us away so we wouldn't get caught up in a war. I think you've made a mistake. We're not heroes. We're from Finchley. Thank you for your hospitality. But we really have to go. You can't just leave. He's right. We have to help Mr. Tomnus. It's out of our hands. I'm sorry. But it's time the four of us were getting home. How good is that? There's a line when they say, we're not heroes, we're from Finchland. And... As I was watching the movie, I, I literally heard, we're not heroes, we're from Bressy. We're not heroes, we're, we're just living our lives. They got sent away from danger to be protected from the war, but that actually was exactly God's plan to put them to the front lines because what they thought they were going to, safety, security, Blessing, rest, was actually the thing that initiated God to assemble angel armies. It was the thing that initiated, when you step foot into Bressy campus, you may not realize that God picked you. He has a calling, a purpose on your life that initiated angel armies to begin to pick up their bows, pick up their arrows. You don't realize what you carry. You don't realize the purpose and calling on your life. You don't realize that the enemy got real scared when you stepped through these doors. He got real scared. He started trembling. He started, he started getting his demons. Hey, they're, they're going to start hearing the truth about who they are. They're going to start understanding the gifts and the callings on the inside of their lives. They're going to start realizing they don't have to live in torment. They don't have to live a, a stuck in addiction. They're not going to have to be held back thinking that their past is going to determine their future. They're going to be found out. And so he sends demons because this is the thing about kingdom is everything that the kingdom of light is, all the enemy does is take it and he twists it and he turns it upside down and he counterfeits it. So where there's hierarchy in the kingdom of God, there is hierarchy in the kingdom of darkness. Where, is there, where there is promotion in the kingdom of God, there's promotion in the kingdom of darkness. But you, my friend, carry the image of God. You carry, when you say yes to Jesus, you carry the authority to trample over demons. You actually become co-heirs with Christ where maybe you started at the bottom, but now you're here. All right, I need to get into my point too. The king's 
Soldiers, point two. All right, Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And I love this scripture because it explains that first we are a son and daughter of God. First we yell out, Father, save me, rescue me. And we have that relationship with God first. But then we are seated as heirs. An heir is a position of authority. An heir means that you are a king, you are a priest in the eyes of the supernatural. It means that wherever you go, you wear a uniform that you didn't earn, but you wear it because it is no longer you who live in the spiritual, but him who lives in you. My dad was a commander in the Navy, and so whenever we were on base or if he ever was in uniform, wherever we went, people gave a salute. They would stop, salute, and then keep going. And it's such a perfect picture of how things work when you go places, when you walk into your kids' schools, when you walk into your in-laws' house, when you go to places that you're going to be triggered or contested or challenged in the spiritual the demons see the uniform of Christ, that you are an heir with him. I actually want to prophesy over those that have been wounded in 2023 or years past. It's a very real thing to go through trauma, to go through trials, to make bad mistakes where you put yourself out of the front line. Or sometimes God will take you off the front lines. If you're wounded, you're not going to be on the front line. You need to go to the medic tent. You need to get some healing. You need to go to awaken recovery. You need to go back to men's prayer. Go back to women's prayer. Learn how to heal. Learn how to pray. You need to come to the altar and have ministry teams show you how to break off generational curses, break off lies, break off addiction. At the end of this service, you'll have an opportunity to come to the altar. Will you take that opportunity or will you choose to stay wounded in the medic tent? Refusing help. Refusing. You may be hemorrhaging from a from a battle you went through last year and God sends you people and you get mad at them thinking they're going to put their finger in your wounds when really they were sent by God to bring exactly what you need to get you healed up so that you can go charge into your future, charge into your destiny. God wants you to know that he's not done with you. He, he's just getting started. If you can submit, if you can surrender, if you can allow him to move. I have two pictures. Um, oftentimes, it's very holy to wear our suffering as a badge of honor. And it's an easy way to fall into what they call a victim mentality. And a victim mentality is like a cloak of, look what happened to me. Look what I'm doing. Look, everyone, see my wounds. And oftentimes it comes with a spirit of religion that wants to keep you in those places. And I had a picture, the first one. So this, I saw this photo, and it looks so 
Amazing, right? It's this mother. She's shielding her son, showing him the word of God. But this is actually bad theology. This is not the word of God. This is not what God wants for us as mothers and as fathers. This is not what it looks like to be a soldier of Jesus Christ. The whole armor of God is available to you. The whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. I'm not going to read all of it for time's sake, but it says you put on the helmet of salvation. Your salvation keeps your mind from the attacks of the enemy. He gives you a sword, the sword of the spirit, the word of God that's double-edged, that can pierce and slay and cut through anything that you are confronted with. This Bible makes demons flee. If you read the word of God, demons must flee. There's five words that will make a demon flee in the name of Jesus. And it is available to you. You have your shield of faith. Come on, you have the belt of truth in a world filled with confusion. Don't get caught with your pants down. Put on your belt of truth. Amen. All right, so you can put up the second photo. This, my friends, this is the right portrayal of what it looks like to be a cherished prayer warrior. Come on. Not just deflecting arrows without any armor, but going after the stinking demons that are after our kids. Not just being in defense, but being in offense, breaking through the things that your parents were able to break through, breaking through the things that were told to you that you would never break through. You have God on your side. Who or what could be against you? And guys, this is not you, okay? That's a woman. But there's plenty of photos if you Google man in war. That can empower you just the same, okay? We're not a bunch of cherished men up here at Bressy. Amen. Psalm 144.1 says, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. You are called a soldier. You are called an heir. You are called a son and a daughter. Are you walking through your life as such? It's time to wage war and get some victory in your own life. And here's the thing. Before you can go out and conquer battles for your kids, you have to conquer the battles for yourself. It starts with you. It starts with your marriage. It starts with you actually letting the Holy Spirit examine your heart. It, it starts with coming to the altar man. being, wow. This is really hard for me to admit, but I have a spirit of pride, and I need it broken off of me so I can receive healing and freedom. A lot of you have illnesses that come from unforgiveness towards parents, towards situations. I have a story, um, two family members, one chose forgiveness, one didn't. One still runs long distances, inner 60s, the other one is riddled with, it, with um, arthritis. One chose forgiveness, one chose to not forgive. It will eat you alive. You will become bitter. You will become resentful. But I have good news for you today because at this altar, anything that you have faced in your past, whatever choices you have made can be reversed. The curse can be reversed. Healing is your portion. Freedom is your portion. And as we finish this morning with point number three, 
more than a conqueror. Romans 8.37 says, In all things we are made more than conquerors through him, Jesus, who loved us. And what I love about the Christian life is that we're not just called to battle so that we can say, oh yeah, we conquered, fill in the blank. We actually are called to be more than a conqueror. So what does that mean? It means that we get to enjoy earthly rewards, not just heaven rewards, but on earth as it is in heaven. And I love the story of David and Goliath because David was a shepherd boy and he got called in to give his brothers who were the warriors. He wasn't the warrior, he was the shepherd boy, but God had a call on his life. And there was a decree that said, whoever took down Goliath didn't just get to enjoy a victory. No, no, no. He got to marry the king's daughter and the whole family would be free from paying taxes. Us in California say amen to that. And I, it gets skimmed over a lot, but there is earthly reward for the battles you win. There is earthly gain for the things that you say yes to in the spiritual with God. I love that last week was Vision Sunday, and a lot of you guys got to fill out vision cards that look like this. I have mine in my Bible. Filled with things that without God are impossible. But this is, this is what I actually signed up for, a bunch of battles. <laughs> Every single thing I wrote on my vision card represents battles that I'm gonna face this year and that I plan on winning because I have Jesus with me. Every single thing that I'm believing for is going to have resistance against it because the kingdom of darkness does not want the kingdom of heaven established on earth as it is in heaven. But I know that I am an heir. I know that I have authority. I know that the battles I've won in my past only give me superiority and authority. So the thing that you went to that tried to shame you, that tried to disqualify you is the very thing that's gonna give you access to the tools and the, the strength that you're gonna need to win the battles of 2024. 2023 was a really hard year for Mike and I. Financially, we got our butts kicked in a lot of different areas. And, and I'm so grateful for it because it was in that year that we learned how to draw strength from God. We learned how to become strong. We learned how to look up and not down. We learned how to turn our eyes to Jesus instead of all around us. We were able to become the warriors needed to lead the places that God is sending us to. I had this vision in Cherished Prayer a few months ago and it was really beautiful. It was these warrior angels and they came down from heaven and we were praying in our prayer circle. We were thundering away. Come on, we know how to pray at Cherished Prayer. Some of you need to make a commitment that you're gonna go to Cherished Prayer this year. You were like me 11 years ago where you couldn't even pray out loud or with your eyes open. Can I challenge you? Learn how to win battles at Cherished Prayer. Men, learn how to win battles at Emerge prayer. You cannot do this life alone and expect to be more than a conqueror. At best, maybe you will conquer, but that's not God's portion for us. And I saw this angel start pinning 
pinning pins, wow, you didn't give up on your marriage, you earned this badge. You broke addiction off, you earned this badge. You didn't stay under, you applied for that job and got it, you get this badge. All those pins, just as it's shown in the military, now you carry those victories when you show up to cherish prayer and somebody comes in fighting for their marriage. Hey, I have authority in that, boom! Power of God hits them. They have the energy, they have the faith to continue to believe. You fight for a family member that has addiction like I did. When somebody comes in, boom, authority to speak to that demon to leave in the name of Jesus and to stop tormenting that person. Every single thing that you go through, every trial and tribulation that you go through will only lead to promotion, will only lead to new levels of authority, will only lead to new and bigger battles that you're gonna be able to face. Take heart, church. Take heart. God has plans for you. If you could stand to your feet. I want the Holy Spirit to be able to minister as we finish this service. And I know that there are people in here that need to be set free. It is Freedom Sunday. What is it that you are facing? What battle is in your life that you don't think you can overcome? But with Christ, you can overcome anything. If you just close your eyes and lift your hands. If you have a prayer language, begin to pray. I'm gonna open the altar up and I want you to just come down to the altar. I wanna go after a spirit of fear. I, I have been faced with that stupid spirit and that principality and it's shown up to torment me. It's shown up to try to speak lies about my kids' futures, about their health. It's shown up to try to tell me lies about our finances, there is breakthrough and there is freedom. If you have fear around finance, I want you to come forward. God has deliverance for you today. The dreams that you spoke, just as Caleb testified, he's gonna break off that spirit of fear. Some of you have gone through trauma that's leading you to have fear when it comes to loving again. And God's gonna break that fear off of you and heal you today. There's some of you that need to come down because you have tormenting thoughts. Thoughts pop into your mind, they're out of nowhere, and they're tormenting. And it's actually tormenting devils that have been assigned to you to keep you in captivity, to keep you from saying yes to the friendships, to keep you from saying yes to that leadership role at church, that keep you from saying yes to even showing up to men's and women's prayer, to coming on a Wednesday night. In the name of Jesus, come on, begin to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, under the sound of my voice, we come against a spirit of fear. We cast it out of every single person. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, you no longer have any ability to torment. You are silenced in the name of Jesus. I come against you. Your time is up. You have to leave every single person that has come in with tormenting thoughts. With unbelief, I speak to a spirit of unbelief that you have to leave in Jesus' name. I speak to addiction that you are broken off in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Come on, let's begin to pray. Come down to the altar and receive prayer. Holy Spirit, I thank you that freedom is in the 
Jesus, that you are bringing freedom to the captives. I thank you right now that there are people in here that are going to be set free from a spirit of grief. Grief must leave in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you are empowering your saints, that you are giving fresh vision and courage to those that need it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.